With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Whoa, 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 whoa. Attention sports fans. Are you a fan of an NFL team and it better be the Raiders? This is Hondo Carpenter from the Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. How would you love to attend your favorite team, and it better be silver and black, week one in Denver, or whatever game that you pick? Well, you're in luck because the Fans First Sports Network is giving away four free tickets to the week one NFL game of your choice, up to 5000 bucks. And like I said, it better be with me in Denver where the Raiders take on the Broncos. The rules are really simple. Do this. Go to contest.fansfirstsports.com. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com and fill out the appropriate information. That's it. Once you're done, then all you have to do is sit back because you're officially registered and wait to win. That's right. Four free tickets to any Week 1 NFL game. You better pick Denver. What are you waiting for? Go now and enter for your shot at seeing your favorite team in action. That's contest.fansfirstsports.com. I'll see you there, brother. Hi, everybody. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast. And, man, I am so excited to be with you. I know we haven't had a podcast in a couple days, which is abnormal. We usually have one every day, and we're, that we're going to be back on that pattern. I was on assignment had to spend some time um, working on a story. So I apologize for that, but been working my tail off. And now it's time to go over the Raiders roster. And before we get into this, uh, I want to clearly identify one thing to you. I do not uh, believe um, at all that the Raiders are sitting there looking at their roster saying, okay, we're completely satisfied, ready to go into the year. They are actively watching who's getting cut. They're actively watching um, potential trades. Um, I know that last night, all of us who are reporters were frustrated. We're waiting for the roster. But um, I knew part of the reason it wasn't released publicly is they were still, you know, talking and considering some potential trades. You need to remember, just because the roster's set, it doesn't mean it's set in stone. They had to be down to a certain number yesterday. And now they're able to play with it and move around with it. I don't believe that the roster set. Oh, let me just go back and say this. I don't, I don't think that they're sold at every part of the roster. I think that they're looking to see where they can upgrade. If they have to go into the season with this roster, they're very comfortable with that. I can tell you that assuredly, I've been assured of that, but there certainly is some positions of, of which they are more than willing and want to upgrade because they realize that they're not as as um, talented as they could possibly be. And so there's a lot going on. 
and let's just dig into what we have. I want to share with you some information that I was able to obtain, why certain guys made the roster, what they did to get there, and some other things. Obviously, the three quarterbacks, we know what those are. We know that that was set coming in. It wasn't going to waver. Um, then, you know, that just wasn't going to happen. And those are the three guys. Now, you can make debate about where you think everybody is on the depth chart. I'm primarily with Aiden and Brian Hoyer. Um, this could change. But my understanding, and remember, I'm not giving you opinion. I'm giving you what I'm hearing is that week one in Denver, as of this moment, Brian will be the two. Um, but I don't know that that is set in stone. I don't know that it isn't either. I'm, I'm not going to give you opinion. I just know that as of this moment, uh, Brian would be listed as the number two. The running backs, nothing uh, surprises there with a couple of them. Josh Jacobs, set. Um, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, and Jakob Johnson, set. Uh, Zamir White made the roster. I'm going to tell you, I don't believe that that was as much of a given as it was going in. I think there was some debate. Um, well, I, I want to go back and rephrase that. I, I know that there were some people that felt like, you know, maybe do we need to take a look. I don't think it was, a, for example, you know, Max Crosby made the roster. You know, um, Jimmy Garoppolo made the roster. You know, Colton Miller, those guys. I don't believe that Zamir making it was as much of a, this is a no-brainer. I think there was discussion about that. Um, I like Zamir White a lot. I think he's a tremendous kid. I I, I, I loved his talent at Georgia. Um, I think that he has got to show more if he's going to get 2024 with the Raiders. Um, and, uh, but I like him. It's nothing personal. Um, there were some people pushing for Damian Williams and, uh, but they, they wanted to have some youth there and they want to be able to up to, to get some homegrown talent. I expect him to get more reps as they try to develop him. But if it, if the season goes on and there just isn't much from him, I will tell you, I'll be shocked if he makes a 2024 roster. Um, the, the specialist, everybody knew AJ Cole, one of the business, again, he's a top three punter in the league, Daniel Carlson, um, he's a top two kicker in the league. Jacob Bob and Moyer uh, is a very good long snapper. Don't know where he is in the league, although I know he's respected just because I don't have the uh, knowledge of where all the other ones are. And when you talk to NFL people, they don't really have that knowledge. So I'm not going to say where he is. Obviously, they're, the they love him and that's what matters. Then you come to wide receiver. Trey Tucker made the team. There's no debate there. We knew he was going to. Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, no debate there. DeAndre Carter made it. There was no debate there. We knew. And Hunter Renfro made it. Now, I'm going to be very honest with you. I put this out earlier in the offseason, and I meant it. I said I would be shocked if Hunter Renfro um, was on the roster when the season started. The season hasn't started yet, but I am surprised that he is still here. I said all along, it had nothing to do with his talent. It had nothing to do with he hated the Raiders or the Raiders hated him. I, I and, and I shared with you um, and others in the media eventually shared my opinion. <clears throat> um, I'm not going to get into why I felt that because I don't think it would be fair to the Raiders or to Hunter. 
when his time's over in with the Raiders, I'll be glad to share with you why I felt that way. And I think you'll understand. Um, I never said it was uh, uh, for sure. I just said I would be surprised. So I am, but I'm glad because I really like him. Um, I think he came out and was honest about last year. And I never thought he wouldn't be honest, by the way. But I think it was the fact that he made that public was pretty good. He talked about having talked with the coaches about it. And um, I, I can tell you this. He seems more relaxed and at ease now than at any time I saw him last year. I think that's a good thing for the Raiders. I think it's a good thing for Hunter Renfro. And I'm glad he's here. But I am going to talk to you about Christian Wilkerson. Now, let me give you a little bit of insight. Coming into camp, no one that I spoke to felt like he would make the 53. They thought he would make the practice, but not the 53. Just coming into where he got here and, and when he got here and everything, excuse me. Um, And for a guy that was fighting early in the game, he had a big mistake in the last game against Dallas. And then he just turned it up. And I'm going to tell you, they had a lot of players like Dorsett, but they thought they were set with their six. And Wilkerson made this team, A, because his quarterbacks wanted him. That was a big deal. And he put stuff on film. He made some catches uh, in the Dallas game. It had nothing to do with competition, just where the quarterback had to put the football and yet he was still able – there was a couple of times I tweeted out, awesome throw by O'Connell, awesome catch, where O'Connell had to put the ball in a spot where no one was going to intercept it. But it was still going to be a very difficult catch. And Wilkerson in his size really blew them away. And then when they went back and watched the film after the Dallas game, there was just some of those catches. They're like, wow. And his size gives us something. You know, we've got – some other Philip Dorsett type players. And to his credit, Wilkerson just beat out Dorsett and won the job. A lot of credit to that kid. He deserves a ton of it. He won it. He came into camp, not entitled to anything, not expected to do anything. And the young man won it. So big props to him. He, he did it the old Raider way. Just tough, tough as nails, blue collar, lunch pail. I'm going to go do my job. And uh, Wilkerson did a really, really good job. The tight ends, Mayer made it and Horstead made it. I told you earlier in camp going in, I thought he had a chance to beat out OJ. Um, and he uh, did. That's why they were able to get rid of OJ so quick. Plus, Mayer played so well. Um, Hooper made it despite some mistakes in games, um, especially that Rams game, I think it was. Um, but Fotheringham, I, I know that there was debate. Do we keep, you know, what do we do with Fotheringham? But he, he, he really boomed against San Francisco and then kind of went off the, not off the rails, but just wasn't as productive in the other games. Um, I would be shocked if Fotheringham, I mean, Fotheringham belongs in the NFL and, but in internally, they just didn't like the idea of having three inexperienced tight ends and they wanted Hooper around. If they keep fathering him around, if they're able to keep him on the practice squad, um, 
that's a youngster that I think we'll see. I mean, whether he stays here or not, you're going to see him playing in the NFL. And I, I, I would really like to see him in the silver and black. Um, then you come to offensive line. We're at one point in camp. I thought they would keep maybe 10 and maybe nine. Now remember, that's not opinion. It's what I'm hearing. You know, at one point I remember being told, yeah, we got 10 offensive linemen that are right now capable of playing NFL. Um, but some guys really came through. Now, I want to talk about this. We we knew we, we know Colton Miller is elite. Jermaine Illuminor was going to make it. He had a really, really solid um, – I think the second half of his camp was much better than the first half of his camp. Andre James, we knew he was going to make it. Um, I know there were some people that speculated in the media he wasn't. I, I never heard that speculation from inside the building. I, I was always told he was making it. Um but I want to talk about my next two guys, Jordan Meredith and Justin Heron. So let's go to Jordan Meredith for a minute. Um, this is a guy that coming into camp, the people that I spoke to didn't think he really had a shot, him or Heron. But Carmen Brasillo, who is the best offensive line coach in the NFL, in my opinion, Liked what he saw from these guys early. And he really started to lobby for these guys. He liked them. They were Brasillo type guys. And even going into the Dallas game, um, you may remember I talked about some guys I wanted to see reps from. That's because I was told, you know, we, we want to see reps from these guys. And, and even then, again, Carmen was really pushing. I believe there were some other people that thought, yeah, but – Alex Bars, even though Alex has had some mistakes, even though he's been beat out by Greg Van Roten, um, he's still blocked for the number one rushing running back in the NFL last year. I think there was a lot of sentiment towards him. If you're a Raider fan and you are concerned about your staff making decision on sentiment, which, in, let's be honest, there have been a lot of times in the past the Raiders have kept guys because coaches liked them or didn't, or, or maybe some people thought, you know, they, they played with this coach at a different place. If you're that person, then Heron and Meredith making it, especially Meredith, um, should show you everything that you needed to show. They, uh, there was a lot of people that wanted to keep McClendon Curtis, but Meredith just outplayed him. And, you know, they're both, you know, not hugely expensive guys. They're both not, you know, the biggest names in the world. But he just, he just beat them. And I think McClendon still has a future. I think if, if he can clear wires, clear, clear waivers, I think you know, you'll see him back here. But Meredith won it. Now, Heron, he's a little bit different. I, I, he was not projected to make the roster by me or the people who get, who I get their information from coming into camp. But he just kept grinding. And, and Heron just kept doing things that Carmen liked. And uh, I can tell you that when they would sit in in their meetings, Carmen would talk about these guys. And all of a sudden, so I think I think that uh, Justin um, was on the bubble going in to Dallas, but a little bit more leaning towards making it, where I thought Meredith was squarely on the bubble. And to be honest, the people I was speaking to were still kind of thinking – yeah, but we know what Bars did, and we know what we think Meredith can do. And there is a difference in the league. 
But I think this is why you may remember if you went back and watched the the um, the videos with Josh McDaniels and with Dave Ziegler, the last ones that I have up. Um, I asked them about the process of putting a roster together. How much do you look to the future to now? And the reason I did that was because of the offensive line. But again, they go and they they that's who they keep on their offensive line. And then Greg Van Roten, I've already told you, he won out. And then Dylan Parham um, is a guy that we know he was going to make it. What a great rookie season he had. And Thayer Mumford. It was a really fascinating watching them put the offensive line together. And then they ended up, let me just do a quick count. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They kept eight. Now, in a minute, we're going to talk about why that should excite you. But they kept eight on the offensive line. I thought that, which is what they did last year. I thought they would go to nine this year. At least that was the sentiment among the people I spoke to. But in the end, you know, they did what they did. And and it's interesting. And again, I'm not saying that the whole roster's done. I'm just trying to go over and give you specific information. Then we come to defensive end. We knew Tyree was going to make it. Um, And let me just say this. You guys are welcome to have any opinion you want. I don't tell fans what to think. But geez, oh, Pete's looking at how some people talk about, oh, he's already a boss, Cleland Farrell. You are welcome to have any opinion that you want, but sometimes it's better to be thought a fool than open your mouth and prove it. If you, after the short window you've seen with Tyree, are already calling him a bust or Cleland Farrell, then you don't know football because they're not even close to the same player. They're not even the same player. It's like comparing... Jakob Johnson to uh, Josh Jacobs because they're both running backs in the way that the Raiders look at. Obviously, Jakob's a fullback, but they're just, it's it's the same scenario. They're different. Tyree Wilson showed a lot. There was one play in that Dallas game where he bull rushed. Now, the previous play before he looked bad, but he was getting his first live reps. You expect them to look bad. Michael Mayer looked bad. And he's going to be a star. Um, the next play, he comes back and just bull rushes the guy. I mean, it was back like he was in college. And, and this, is, this is a second teamer. So it's not like he was going against a scrub. And he pushed him back so far, he overran the quarterback. Now, you may say, that's not funny. Okay, it's a preseason game where he's learning. It was hilarious. And I know in film session, I was told by somebody, that when Josh was going over film with the team, they showed that a couple of times and had a little bit of fun with it. Um, I think Tyree, we knew he was going to make it. And I, I, I think he's going to be fine. Max Crosby, same way. We knew he's going to make it. He's the best in the, in the, in the business. Chandler Jones, we knew he was going to make it. And Malcolm Koontz, I told you all along, they, they believed in him. He was going to get those, that opportunity. And that's the four defensive ends that they keep is Tyree, Max Jones and Koontz. Uh, then we come to linebacker where Curtis Bolton, he had a really good 2022 on special teams. A really, really good special team. But he was competing with Drake Thomas. And there was a play um, early in the Dallas game where he just read it, blew the gap, got a really big tag. I mean, it was just a, an explosion. You could just feel the watching it. It was just beautiful, just a complete textbook. If you DVR'd the game, go back and watch it. It's early in the game. It was a great play by Curtis. 
And again, remember I told you what to look for. Um, that play, I think, cemented in everybody by Drake. And because Drake was good and effective on special teams as well. They were looking for a guy that could be effective playing linebacker. And Bolton didn't show that as much last year. He did in this camp. He had a really good camp. And matter of fact, my la- my first projection didn't have him making the roster. That was kind of the internal thought that Drake would get it. And then my last projection had him or Drake either or. And that last play, that just – that Dell, where he read it perfectly – he showed great explosion getting up on there, getting in that gap. He blew the gap up, got past the defensive lineman. Who, I mean, offensive lineman who wasn't even ready for him, showed a big burst of speed, and man, boom, and it was just it was just a great play. That's why sometimes I know a lot of people blow off the preseason, but I, if you love ball, if you love it, you see those type of plays, and yet that's where guys make a difference, and Bolton did. So big congratulations to Curtis. I like him. I like him and Drake both, but – um, I, I know that ideally they'd like to keep Drake, Drake around. But again, you, you don't want to undersell Bolton, who did his job. Robert Spillane, that's a bad, bad man. <laughs> he, he is a bad, bad man. Good guy. But on that football field, he brings a Max Crosby mentality. He's fun to watch now. Um. Then I want to talk about Amari Bernie. I was really, uh, I I projected he would make the roster, so that's no surprise. But where Amari Bernie really got me, and in in where he really, um, won, and again there was his spot was never in doubt. I'm not trying to present that. He learned, earned a ton of respect with his coaches and teammates. This kid took coaching, and he got a lot of it. Remember now, he's he's coming in from a safety, but he's a ball player. I've shared with you before, he's kind of a Jimmy Johnson-type linebacker. Jimmy Johnson, you know, he revolutionized the game of football. He doesn't get enough credit. You know, him, Don Coriel did. Um, Al Davis did. Um I think uh, Jimmy Johnson changed the game of football because Jimmy would take slow—I mean, slow corners—and make them safeties, so they were fast safeties. He would take a uh, maybe a slower safety and make him a linebacker, so he's a super fast linebacker, and maybe a slow linebacker make him a defensive end, so he's a super fast defensive end, and a slow defensive end a, a defensive tackle. Because Jimmy believed in speed, speed kills. And you just saw with Amari Bernie, he's got that speed and he takes coaching. Um, I can't tell you how many people, players and others that just said to me, man, kid's a sponge. And, 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 and again, his roster spot was never in doubt, but his character impressed a lot of people. I, I don't know. And I'm not being hypercritical, I don't know that he's going to be a huge impact guy in 2023 special teams. Yes. But depends on how, you know, cause you, you've got a Spillane, you got a Diablo that they're, they're, they're fighting for. You got Masterson. If those guys stay healthy, I don't know how much he's going to get Amari, but I'm going to tell you this. I think he's got a very bright future and it could be this year. What if somebody gets injured or what if somebody fails to progress? 
You know, could he step up and get some reps from a Diablo or a Masterson? Yeah, but I don't think either one's going to go back. But let me just go to corner. We knew that Jacorian Bennett and Marcus Peters were going to make the roster, and they did. Neither one of those is a surprise. David Long, there was a, there were questions going into camp. There were several people that thought he was going to get beat out. And instead of getting beat out, he balled out. Made some really good plays. Um, I'm told that he spent extra time in the film room and that impressed coaches. And um, he just got it. And it clicked with him. And so congratulations to David Long. He made the roster. Then we come into Nate Hobbs. I don't think there was any doubt. And then we come to a guy that I have made no secret. I like him. He's really young. And he came in really raw. Had not had a ton of great coaching in college. But he's a guy that's always around the ball, knocking balls down. Now, he needs to get more interceptions because with his talent, he's getting his hands on the ball. This is a guy a lot of people didn't think was going to make it. And I kept saying to you, they're just – I know inside the building they wanted him to step up and make it because they like him. They like his work ethic. He's a hard worker, and he's a guy I really like, but there's guys that made the team I like. I really like Alex Bars, but quite frankly, didn't think he had done enough to make the team. But Amik Robertson, again, he just being around the ball. You know, he makes one mistake against Dallas, but there were several plays where his coverage was exceptional, exceptional. There was one particular play where it, it's kind of a wheel route. He picks up the wheel going down the field and a meek. Now this is something he struggled with early. And this was, this is a place where you can go back and watch and see how he, he progressed. Puts his eyes. A lot of corners don't get their eyes back. They play the receiver, but they don't get their eyes back. He sees the ball and I've shared with you before about his butt and he just kind of moves his body so his hand, the, the guy's behind him, the receiver's behind him, and just kind of runs him out of bounds. Now, uses his butt, just moves him. See, the ref is going to call you if you're using your hands for pass interference. Not with your butt. And Amit just did that, his technique. That's, that's coaching now. That's coaching. And, and to his credit, that's him taking coaching. One thing to be coached. It's another thing to take coaching. There's some guys that didn't make this roster that coming in had a real good shot. Maybe because they couldn't take coaching as well. Just gonna leave it right there. But Amik made it. And I was I was happy for him. Just if you spent five minutes with Amik Robertson, and he's a young player. Now, Brandon Faison, who I, you know, he made it. No surprise. He made it. So good to have Brandon Face on there. Then let's go to safety. None of the safeties uh, of the first four was a shocker. And the fifth one was not a shocker because um, I talked about it early in camp, although I didn't have my, my original projection. I did after because this kid just had a great camp. He came in and blew it up. So the first one I want to talk to you about, Trayvon Morgan. he had a great camp, just a great camp. Great kid, Bob. You know what? I I, I I know that you probably get tired of hearing me say this is a great kid or this, whatever. I'm going to tell you, I've been doing this for decades. 
I don't know of another team I've covered in college or pro where such a great group of humans. There's always one or two guys you don't like. Um, there isn't one guy on this team I don't like. This is a really good roster of players. Um, and again, uh, uh, Trayvon Moore, he's a kid, but man, he had a good camp. He just worked, he's always worked hard. So when I say somebody had a good camp, you know, there's a thing about my age and, and I'm old and you, um, you watch young guys in any profession. I'm sure if you're a chef, you look at some of the young chefs. I think they call them sous chefs. Um, of course, being fat, I would know that, right? All right. Anyway, <laughs> but you look at people and they work hard. But sometimes with age, you learn how to work smarter. And um, my wife is a is a very highly qualified, uh, much sought after nurse, very respected in her field. And one time she got a new boss, you know, a, a bean counter manager type. And my wife had been working the computer system for years, I think a decade. And this new girl gets hired. She's management and whatever, and no experience, not a nurse and starts getting on my wife. Why are you doing it that way? And she said, cause that's how it works. She goes, well, I didn't know that. She goes, well, you haven't been doing it for a decade. You just got out of college. Anyways, and so she was teaching this lady how to use the system. You know, sometimes when you're older, and by the way, my wife's not old. Sorry, dear. She's young, but she was just has more experience. But, uh, you know, Morig is one of those guys. He always worked hard. And he's a very smart player, very ethereal, very um, intellectual, big high football IQ guy. But I think he learned from Marcus Epps. Um Trayvon Morig owes Marcus Epps at least a meal. Man, take him to Fox's Smokehouse Barbecue in Boulder City, Trayvon. But Epps helped him a lot. Epps was just so vital. Epps, Spillane, Peters, Crosby, Chandler Jones, these guys were so valuable in camp this year. Just, just so different. Um. Then, again, you know I like Morig. Chris Smith, the future Marcus Epps. We knew he was going to make the team. That was never in doubt, and he did. Marcus Epps, again, this guy, there's not enough praise. I know there won't be a ton of people wearing a Marcus Epps jersey in Allegiant Stadium or away games or other home games like SoFi. <laughs> Sorry. Um, but Marcus Epps played extremely vital role and and he is passing on his wisdom to everybody. And he's a pro, he even though he's young, I mean he's just a few years in, but he knows how to play the game. He knows how to, he, he prepares like a pro. He eats like a pro. He takes care of his body like a pro. Marcus Epps just does everything. And he helped that room really come along. Now, Roderick Teamer, I had him making the roster the whole time. He did. I thought he had a very solid, good camp. He made a lot of really good plays. And Roderick Teamer 
is very similar, not exactly the same, but similar to Marcus Epps, and that he does a lot that doesn't show up on the stat sheet, but Rod, Roderick Teamer made it. And then Isaiah Polamau, this is a guy that did not have on my early projections because internally I was hearing, you know, probably a practice squad guy. We like him, probably a practice squad guy. That, But he just kept making himself available. Now, I, I want to share something with you. I, I wrote about this or talked about it. I don't remember which. Um, after the first day in pads, there was a rep, and it wasn't him, and he just jumped in and took it. And after he did, I, I mentioned he was taking some reps with the first thing when that first string when they had three safeties. That is a classic example of a guy fighting for a roster spot. You saw it with Jacorian Bennett wanting to take reps against Devontae Adams. And I'll have more to talk about that. Uh, well, I'll just say it now. You know, there was times when I saw Jacorian jumping and taking reps from wanting to go against Devontae, knowing he's going to be made to look silly. He didn't care. He killed his pride. Like all of us, if you're going to be successful in life, you got to kill your pride. And he did. And, you know, then you'd see uh, Marcus Peters. Anytime Marcus, you, you can go back and watch the video with Marcus. I asked Marcus about it. He was like the Pied Piper. Anytime Marcus wasn't, was free and, and, um, Jacorian was free. He's running over trying to talk to Marcus Peters to get tips. You saw this with Isaiah, pull him out. He earned it. I don't know his family. I've never met his family, but if you're a family member watching this, you raised a young man with a work ethic and who's teachable. And there's several guys on this team like it, but you did. You should be super proud. He earned everything he got. What a good kid. But then you come to Byron Young. We knew Byron was going to be there. Um, we knew Bilal and Jerry Tillery. Adam Butler, John Jenkins, a, a little bit surprised a little bit. I thought John Jenkins would make it. Um, I thought Adam Butler would make it. I thought Jerry Tiller and Bilal. And so all of a sudden you look, and there's only two young defensive tackles. Byron, Nesta Jade. Ow! Love that kid's game. <laughs> Love his game. I'm going to tell you more about him in a minute. And uh, But Butler and Farrell. Okay, now I'm gonna in a in a couple of days I'm gonna have an article, and every year we go back and look at the draft classes and how they progress. We're gonna look at that draft class from last year, and um, you know they they got in a look they got in late, they got in in January, they had different scouts different things, so I'm I'm going to give a mulligan to last year's draft class because Dylan Parham, they came in and selected him in the third round. And he was a guy that the Patriots were already on. They loved him. And so uh, getting Dylan Parham, that is all, um, that was all Dave Ziegler. What a great pick. But there was, there's been some fails and we're going to talk about that, but without a one and two, and you have to remember he wasn't a draft pick, but you you have to include Devontae Adams in last year's class too, because he was traded for a pick. So, but I, I still think you got to look at some things on the draft class. But uh Nesta, uh, let's just go back. So Byron Young, 
he makes it. He he's flashed. He's shown some really good stuff at the point of attack. He he, the defensive tackles are going to be uh, existentially better this year than they were last year. So you get to nested Jade, and and now I want you to hear me right up front. When you compare players, um, a lot of people think you're saying okay, every comparison is the same. But I'm going to tell you who who Nesta reminds me of. Do you remember Dan Big Daddy Wilkinson? He was a big defensive tackle, just a big, tough Big Daddy. And then Sean Rogers, remember him? He was another big defensive tackle. Um, I don't think Sean Rogers I, – I think Jade has a significantly better work ethic than Sean. But when Sean wanted to be really good, he was. Big Daddy Dan Wilkinson, you know, um, I got to spend a lot of time around him last, uh, you know, several years of his career. Um, really liked him as a man, you know, like all of us. He had faults and things that maybe he went through in his life, but he just kept going. And uh, good person. Again, I know there were some things in his background that mistakes he made, but um, we all have, I know I have, and, and it was, uh, but I know when I was around him, good guy. And I liked them a lot. Jay just kind of reminds me of them, but he has this. And again, I gotta be super careful because some people run with it and say, Hondo says he's this and, and I'm not. But one of the things that makes Aaron Donald really good is he just brings it every play. He's got an edge. He's edgy. I love to watch Aaron Donald play. I just enjoy watching him play. Um, when the Raiders had joint practices, I had to force myself to not be watching Aaron Donald every rep because I had to watch the whole field. That's my job. And um, Nesta does that. And that's why I kept saying to you, I think he's going to make it. I think he's on that bubble. And, and, and again, he goes into Dallas. And if he would have listened to a lot of people's projections, he would have just said, no, I, I didn't make it. But maybe he just, the way he was raised again, and just worked his tail off and, and Nesta made it. And I'm, I'm really happy. That's a good kid. And I'm, I'm really excited for him. All right, so let's move on. Uh, Bilal Nichols played really well last year and a lot of people didn't notice it just because there were so many failures on the defensive line but I thought Bilal had a good year everyone expected him to be here he was job was never in jeopardy Jerry Tillery um, had a really good year last year um, had one really bad bonehead mistake but I've had bonehead mistakes in my life, but he but he still played well. I think his job was in depth jeopardy. Um, I think a Farrell or a Butler, if they played better, could have beat him out, but they didn't, and he's here. Um, Adam Butler, solid camp. This guy was just solid. I mean, he just didn't have a bad practice. You may say, well, I didn't see a lot. Well, okay, because sometimes on the defensive positions – there, there's some stats you're not going to see. Are they space eaters that create room for linebackers to step up and make plays? You know, like that Curtis Bolton play, you know, where a, a great job by the de defensive uh, lineman 
Bolton shoots the gap, sees it, reads it, bam, makes the play. Same way, Butler had a great – if you're talking about guys that had good camps, uh, Butler's one of them. And then the last one, I just love this guy. I love him as a player. I love him as a person. He is just special. He's just all around. John freaking Jenkins. <laughs> um, if you get to go back – I did an interview with him at L.A. in L.A. for uh, joint practice. Just go back and watch him. He made this play in L.A. Great play. Picks up a ball. And most guys are going to run the ball in for a touchdown. But he knows that he's not going to get a touchdown because it's just joint practices. So he runs 10-yard stops and he goes back. He just he's, – he's, he's, he has had a huge influence on this team. Um, I don't think he'll be a captain, but he's looked at like that. The young players, offense, defense, um, they just like him. He's a great presence in the locker room. He is a professional. Everything about him screams professional, and he's really good. He's a good player, and he's a solid player. So there you go. That is your Raiders roster. Now, I want to tell you again, doesn't mean I think it's not – I don't think it's done. It doesn't mean it won't be because they're not going to do anything stupid. But uh, it's a good roster. Now, I want to give you an update of what's coming up on some future podcasts. I'm going to be doing um, probably Friday. I'm going to be doing all my predictions on who wins each division, who wins the conference, who goes to the Super Bowl, who wins the Super Bowl. Um, I'll be doing that uh, Friday. And uh, I, I will let you know that my predictions have changed a little bit. And uh, I'm going to get into all of that with you on Friday. Um, tomorrow we're going to really spend a lot more time talking more about the roster. Um, I'm going to spend, I'm going to do some, well, just, it'll be very interesting tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. I'm going to be talking about, you know, who are the key leaders on this team. And uh, that's going to be Saturday's podcast, key leaders. Who are some guys that are super key in the Raiders being effective. Um, who are some guys? John Jenkins is going to be mentioned in there. Who, but who are some guys maybe, and may, many of you maybe didn't know John Jenkins was a key leader. We're going to talk about John Jenkins. We're also going to dig in. Uh, uh, that's going to be on, on Sunday. And then on Monday, which is Labor Day, I'm going to give you uh, my top 10 Raiders hardest workers. Who are the blue collar guys on this team? And on our Labor Day, who are the guys that if you're a fan looking for somebody that just works hard, uh, you know, you may not be a, a couple of them are superstars because you don't get to be a superstar, and not be a hard worker. But there's some guys in this team that are really hard workers that just earned everything they got. We're going to talk about those guys on Monday. I thought you'd enjoy that for Labor Day. Then, of course, we'll get into our regular coverage coming up on the on game week on Tuesday. And obviously I'll be in Denver. We'll have a lot more. So there you go. This is Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network, reminding you, keep it here for all your podcasts and everything that you need covering your Raiders. Also, very excited about a special announcement coming up that you're going to see real soon uh, with even more increase of better coverage for you guys of your Las Vegas Raiders. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you later.
This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC. Terms and conditions apply. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider Production on the Fans First Sports Network. Whoa. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.